0: podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. So, welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Well, lately here, I've been pretty excited because my podcast has reached... A nice little beginning level it was approved by Apple um, and also one of the local radio stations did an interview with me about the podcast and that's kind of exciting so if you like what you're hearing um, tell your friends subscribe from what I hear from the people in the in the know The more subscribers you have, the better it is, so uh, I'm learning a lot and learning about the importance of social media and all those types of things, so um, like I said, if you like what you're hearing, share with your friends, and also I really would like to encourage um, if people have a topic, a situation, um, something going on that they would like to hear an episode about. Just let me know. You can go to uh, phoenixandflame.com. There's a place there to uh, email me, let me know, or you can leave a message on the Facebook page. Um, I always love to hear kind of what's going on with other people and how we can reach out and help one another. So the more the merrier. That'd be fantastic. So what I'm going to do today is I am going to give a second... Um, episode on COVID, but an updated one because we're in a different place now. It no longer looks post-apocalyptic anyway. (laughs) There aren't tumbleweeds blowing aimlessly down Main Street, and we've managed somehow to avoid hazmat suits and silkwood showers. (laughs) The young people, by the way, You might want to Google Silkwood showers. Probably don't know what that is. (laughs) It's not pleasant, I'll tell you that. But life is not normal. I mean, I'm wondering, will we ever get back to what normal used to be? Like, you know, sitting shoulder to shoulder in church while passing a plate of communion wafers handled by everyone on your side of the aisle. I don't see that happening. I mean, you know, we're all going to be imagining the germs frolicking all over the plate. hmm We're probably going to be sitting in a movie theater wondering if the seat has been disinfected since the 3.30 show. And what about, like, I don't know, riding buses, subways, going to concerts where possibly contaminated people are unknowingly spewing saliva into your airspace. You know you're thinking it. And that's not even getting into the mask wars that seem to be fought with political fervor or the ire manifested when customers don't obey the footpath arrows pasted to the floors and colored masking tape. Who remembers going shopping with friends or family and trying on clothes? Well, that's going to stay a memory for the foreseeable future because only one person of a group now is allowed into a store. And he or she is allowed inside to find what they want, pay, and leave. There is no trying on clothes to see what looks great on the hanger, but crap on you. And stores that are allowing clothing items to be returned. P.S. That is, after you get home, try on that garment and realize you seriously need to get on a diet. Those items are quarantined for two weeks. Heard that on the news just this morning. So you know what? We are all off base. We feel off kilter, like our world has been tilted a bit off its axis. And we're really not sure if we're going to adjust or be flung off into space. I don't know. It it feels like the moorings that kept us intact have been popped off line. And we're left feeling jolted and confused, lost, frustrated, and scared. Now, things that made our world, quote, normal, end quote, like dropping the kids off at school, going to work, watching sports on TV, enjoying summer little league and nights out on the town with friends. These things have either been outright eliminated or skewed. We're having to somehow work from home while teaching our kids from their online Zoom classes deal with the screaming toddlers, tune out the barking dogs, and try not to fight with our resentful spouse. Now, some employers, restaurants, and stores are beginning to open their doors, but with strict disinfecting and social distancing protocols in place. The doors generally are plastered with procedures of how everyone is now expected to behave within the building. For example, stay six feet apart at all times, One aisle for entrance and another for exit. Now I will have to say, and I'm going to be judged. That's okay. Sometimes when I go to Walmart, I don't follow the arrows. I'm just saying, Walmart is a big place. And if what I need is just right there, right around the corner, and I'm supposed to go like all the way down the next aisle and then turn around and come all the way down that aisle to reach it I don't do that I'm sure there will be some people that will put me in the bad category for that but it will not be the first nor the last time that I have been put in the bad category it doesn't bother me all that much I am wearing my mask though so there is that because you run into a lot of people in Walmart who don't have masks, but there's all these rules, and I have to admit, sometimes I don't follow all the rules. Judge me if you may. That's okay. I know I'm going to be judged. That's all right. That's part of this podcast, really, is just being honest, and what comes, comes. Um, maybe someday we can get to a place where we can, I don't know, see each other's point of view a little bit more. I don't know. I also respect people being very passionate about what they believe. That's awesome, too. I love that. Even if they're, like, wagging their finger at me, mad at me, you got to respect their passion. You know what I'm saying? Actually, talking about all this stuff, I mean, I'd really be surprised if many of us manage to crawl out of our caves without having gained 50 pounds and a dependence on alcohol. What we do seem to have, for all these reasons that we're talking about, is a new kind of anxiety. It's the old anxiety that's always been there, but it's new to the phase that we're in now. It's different than it was a month or six weeks or eight weeks ago. It's like a fear that says, the whole world was blindsided by this, so what else could happen? Or it says, it may be years before life resembles anything close to normal, and I'm going to lose my mind before then. Or it might say, I feel like I'm trapped in an escape room, but the trick is on me because there is no escape. So what in the hell are we supposed to do? Can we just make COVID go away? No. Can we somehow fast forward time until things feel normal again? No. Can we stay strung out on brownies and beer until we no longer care who's climbing the drapes or using the last scrap of toilet paper? Well, as much as I would like to drown in a vat of brownie batter, all the crap is still sitting there, waiting on me when the sugar drains out of my bloodstream. Yeah, we could just do something really off the wall and just streak down the road or paint the house purple as some kind of means of revolt or trying to shock our sanity into resurfacing but I really doubt that would do much more than getting you shunned by the neighbors. I've got a few ideas that may help or may not, but they're worth a shot. Number one, realize that the majority of control you thought you had to begin with was largely delusional. Truthfully, we cannot guarantee our own life, our own lifespan, or anyone else's. So that gives us the opportunity to release that delusional sense of control. Just let it go. Now, some people will find this point of view liberating to just let it all go, but some will find it terrifying. All the things we don't have control over, if you really stop and think about it. I mean, you can't promise. You can't make sure that you're going to be alive five minutes from now. So releasing that delusion of control for some is very liberating, like I said, and terrifying for others. So this brings me to number two. Identify those things that you can control. Like choosing to listen to these podcasts. (laughs) and release those you cannot. This will be easier for those who have listened to my prior episodes on boundaries, on what they are, how to apply them, why you want to apply them. Number three, what is in your control are your thoughts, your feelings and your behavior. So try to recognize when you are in a negative mental tailspin and try to substitute some positive thoughts for balance. Just for balance, just if you're going to think about your negative things, you might as well balance it out with some positive things because like we've talked about before, we all do have things to be thankful for. Sometimes it's hard to remember those things, but that doesn't mean it's not necessary. For some ridiculous reason, our minds, especially where anxiety is concerned, the default is to go to the negative. It'd be great if if it wasn't that way, but it is. Anxiety kind of runs around wringing its hands, asking what if questions. And, like I said, those what if questions are virtually always negative. I mean, it would be So nice to have a thought like what if I woke up tomorrow morning with the body of a Victoria's Secrets model? Or what if my doorbell rings this afternoon and it's those publisher's clearinghouse people with balloons and a big cardboard check for five million dollars? But alas The questions do tend to be more like, what if I lose my mind? Or, what if I cannot handle all of this? What if I end up in a divorce? What if I lose my job, then I lose my house and end up homeless? Do you hear all these assumptions that we're making? I mean, they aren't fact. I mean, not yet anyway. (laughs) so they have to be assumptions what if implies the future which means it hasn't happened yet these assumptions that we're making are all negative assumptions so I'm just saying while we're at it why not throw in a few positive assumptions now they don't have to be extreme as my supermodel wish now by the way When my husband sees one of those commercials, he will typically mumble something about somebody needing a cheeseburger. And thank God, because I'm built much more like a softball player than a supermodel. I'm just saying, as long as we're making assumptions, we might as well make a few that help us sleep better at night. I mean, for example, what if learning how to work remotely opens up new job opportunities for us in the future? Or what if all this collective suffering shows us how to be compassionate instead of seeing ourselves as different somehow from another group? Or what if the adjustments we're having to make as COVID runs its course... Help us to realize we're more resilient than we thought. Now, number four and five are for my Harry Potter friends out there. So, number four, do you remember what a boggart is and how to defeat one? Mm-hmm. With laughter! For those uninitiated into the wizarding world of Harry Potter, a boggart is something that takes the shape of your worst fear. And your job is to face that fear, then imagine it transforming into something funny, which then leads to the laughter that results in the boggart's demise. Number five, Who remembers the devil's snare from the sorcerer's stone and how to avoid being strangled to death? So, you've stumbled and fumbled your way into the plant whose wrist-thick vines are wrapping around your neck and any available appendage, cutting off your airway and any possible escape. How do you survive? Ironically, you stop struggling. You release all your stress as if you're floating down a lazy river on a warm summer day. Of course, this is going to go against every instinct within you while you're being strangled to death. But unless you release the stress, it will strangle you. Now, this begs the question, Gosh, Dana, that sounds great. How in the world am I supposed to release the stress? Well, since my systolic blood pressure has recently elevated 30 points, I don't know if I'm the poster child for stress release. But aren't we all in this together? To be honest, I am instantly suspicious of anyone who claims to have it all together. To my way of thinking, they're either lying or they're delusional. But I will say, the coping strategies that I've mentioned here do absolutely help in stress release, as well as others I'll cover in other episodes. One last strategy for number five is training yourself to be mindful and stay in the moment. And by in the moment, I don't mean keeping your mind focused on all your current problems. I mean, right this minute, this second. Narrow your focus down until anything past the next five minutes does not exist. Because in actuality, it doesn't. And I will be doing a future episode on that. It will probably be my next one um, talking about that. So until then... I leave you with this quote from Charles Darwin. It is not the strongest of the species that will survive, nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.